Hello and welcome to the Perusia podcast. I'm Shabal Raish, your host, Father Edward Looney. Now, who is Father Edward Looney? Now, let me introduce him here. He was ordained a priest in 2015 and is a priest of the Diocese of Green Bay, Wisconsin. He's a vice president of the Mariological Society of America and has authored several books about Marian devotion. He hosts the podcast, How They Love Mary, and today we speak to him about a rosary litany available from our Sunday visitor. Let's welcome him now. Hello, Father. Thanks for joining us. Well, hello, Sharpala. It's great to be with you. And, you know, as you're talking about the rosary pilgrimage, I've been watching the videos. I'm a few days behind. I'm just watching one a day as kind of get ready for the day, brush my teeth, I listen. But there have been some beautiful reflections that people have given. Uh, Steve Ray, the other day, talking about the visitation, talked about what did Mary meditate as she walked to Ein Karam? And like, yes. wow, I never really thought about that. Or even the nativity with the sisters who gave the reflection on that. There were some powerful things. And, and I think they are videos that people will go back and listen to. I know that I will. And I'm sure that each time new gems will be discovered. Absolutely. That's the goal, isn't it? I mean, it doesn't matter where we are in our spiritual life. There's always something new to learn. And uh, that's what I hope that this pilgrimage will offer people, to, whether they're beginning or, or they're in advanced in their, in their life or they, they've been praying the rosary all their life. Hopefully, they'll gain something new every time. Definitely. And the rosary, as we'll talk about, is just kind of this book that we open every time. It's every time Mary is telling us the life of Jesus. And then when we encounter the mysteries, something new can always come to our mind. We could be praying the rosary of all of our lives. And at some point we say, I've never meditated on that before. And that's, that's the richness of this prayer. Yes, absolutely. Well, this is why I was excited to get you one, especially when I thought we were doing the rosary pilgrimage. You're one of the first names that popped in my mind. I thought that rosary lineage, that rosary lineage. And it took me a while to finally get in touch with you. And then we, we, we got it. Um, and I wanted to make sure we have a chance to talk about it. And uh, it's quite unique what you're doing. Um, that book, uh, it's a great little, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a small book, but it's, it's powerful. There it is right there. Um, I guess, uh, uh, tell us a bit about, I guess, the inspiration um, behind the book. And, and I'd like to also get to know um, a bit about yourself. But let, let's, let's maybe learn what inspired you to write that book. Yeah, so A Rosary Litany was a book that uh, I wrote actually while I was still in the seminary. It didn't really get published until I was a priest, though. Uh, lots of publishers didn't want to take me on right away because I was still young and everything like that. It made sense. But the idea for a rosary litany actually came from uh, one of my classmates. Uh, he was ordained in the same year as I was in 2015. And we both happened to have been on our parish internships. Uh, we did like a, a six-week internship at a local parish in our own diocese. He's from Texas. I'm from Wisconsin. And one day he just randomly calls me. And this is a guy we went to college together. We went to, now we were in graduate seminary together. So I we knew each other very well. He's one of my best friends even to this very day. And so Ryan is his name. Ryan calls me and he, he says, you know, I prayed the rosary today and I found this new method and I really love it. And this was a surprise because this was a guy that didn't pray the rosary probably every day. I hope people aren't scandalized by that, but, um, <laughs> but now he engages it. And how did he come to this point? He was listening to a talk. So talk about, you know, Perusia media doing all the different talks on the rosary uh, during his pilgrimage. He was listening to a talk by Dr. Edward Sri praying the rosary like never before. It was on lighthouse Catholic media. It was recorded right after 
actually when the uh, Mysteries of Light came out. So oh, it was yes. a very old talk. And I actually happened to have found the talk as well. And he listened to this talk. And as um, as Edward Sri was unpacking the document Rosarium Virginis Mariae that Pope John Paul II wrote, he mentions this method. And I think that the earliest expression is probably the French, but it also, there's kind of a Carthusian uh, relationship as well. But St. John Paul II has a quote, and actually I provide it in the very beginning of a rosary litany. Um, and this is what John Paul II said. The center of gravity in the Hail Mary, the hinge as it were, which joins its two parts is the name of Jesus. Sometimes in a hurried recitation, this center of gravity can be overlooked with its connection to the mystery of Christ being contemplated. It is precisely the emphasis given to the name of Jesus and to his, this mystery that is meaningful and a fruitful recitation of the rosary. Paul VI mentioned this in Mariala's cultus to the custom of certain regions highlighting the name of Christ by the addition of a clause referring to the mystery being contemplated. And then John Paul says, this is a praiseworthy custom, especially during public recitation. It gives forceful, forceful expression uh, to our faith in Christ Jesus. But really, so it's called the clausal form of the rosary. And I encountered it actually then after a few years later, as I was reading St. Louis de Montfort's book, uh, The Secrets of the Rosary, he had two ways. He proposed a longer form and a shorter form of praying the rosary. And the shorter form, he said, well, this is a way in which you pray the rosary to curb distraction and to enhance the imagination. It was that clausal form of the rosary that John Paul talked about, that Paul VI talked about, that Edward Sree brought out, that my friend encountered. And so when you pray the mysteries of the rosary, for example, you know, Wednesday in Australia today, it's uh, the glorious mysteries. You have the resurrection, thy womb Jesus risen from the dead, thy womb Jesus appearing to Mary Magdalene, thy womb Jesus whose tomb was empty, that these are phrases then that if you say them, after the name of Jesus, well, it gives you that moment to pause. It helps you to call to mind the mystery being meditated, and it can really enhance your meditation on the rosary. That's what my friend found. And really, he asked me to give him more phrases that he could use. And kind of the genesis then of a rosary litany was from the phrases I wrote for him. We ended up going on a pilgrimage with our class uh, in 2014 to the Holy Land. So we went to Nazareth. We went to Bethlehem. We went to Cana. And as we were at those holy sites, I opened up the scriptures and I wrote down those phrases. So a rosary litany truly was born out of prayer. And it is for our prayer to help us to unpack and to enhance that devotion of, that we have to the rosary. Wow. beautiful! That is so powerful. I mean, it, it sounds like a simple idea, but it's so effective. I remember um, it's quite beautiful because we do get distracted in the rosary. We do. We do um, it is hard um, sometimes to meditate on the mysteries. But tell, tell us, uh, I mean, what a brilliant concept, uh, the idea of meditating and reinforcing a different aspect of a mystery. Um, so, so did you have to, did you, in your book, do you come up with the different phrases for us? How, how did you come yeah, up with those? Actually, that's exactly what I did. And, you know, I can't say that I did anything new. I just took what Louis de Montfort, St. Louis de Montfort, who wrote True Devotion to Mary, probably his most popular work. I just developed it because in each or in that listing, St. Louis de Montfort gave us a, a phrase. So, you know, just going to the joyful mysteries, uh, thumbing through them, you know, St. Louis de Montfort recommended for the Annunciation, thy womb Jesus incarnate, 
for you know for the visitation thy womb jesus uh sanctifying the idea that jesus sanctifies john the baptist in the womb for the nativity thy womb jesus born in poverty but what louis de montfort gives us then is only one phrase and, yes. and that's good, that's rich but then what i wanted to do was i kind of wanted to bring it to its logical conclusion and to have a phrase for every Hail Mary uh, for each of the decades. And then there were some that there were just too many. And so then I have alternative or additional invocations that you could use. Uh, so basically there's 10 different possible phrases and a person could use this as they pray it. They can use all 10, go through all 10, do all 10 Hail Marys. It'll kind of walk you through the gospel. It's, it's very similar, I think, to the scriptural rosary. The big difference, of course, the scriptural rosary is before and it's probably a whole passage of scripture, whereas this is uh, this is in the middle of the prayer. And that's why I came up with the litany idea, because uh, St. John Paul II says that the rosary kind of becomes like a litany-like succession of Hail Marys. And that's what I thought. When we modify the name of Jesus, well, then it's kind of like a litany. Thy womb, Jesus... Um, Thy womb, Jesus, announced by the angel. Thy womb, Jesus, conceived by the Holy Spirit. Thy womb, Jesus, Son of the Most High, walking us through the passage of the Annunciation in Luke's Gospel. I did take a, a liberty, though, and I did decide that, you know, I think we can modify Mary's name. Go to the Glorious Mysteries. Go to the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Well, a lot of those deal with, with Mary and her role in salvation history and what God did for her by assuming her body and soul into heaven. So, of course, um, uh, St. Louis de Montfort says, thy womb Jesus, raising thee up. That's what his phrase was for the uh, assumption. But I thought, well, why can't we modify the name? And so, thy womb Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God, you know, City of David, or um, let, let's just go to the assumption. Um, thy womb Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God, unblemished in all ways. Thy womb Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God, who did not experience the corruption of the tomb. Thy womb, Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God, the glory of Jerusalem. Oh, so there's beautiful. kind of modifying the name of Mary. And I do that with some of the other mysteries, like with the birth of Jesus, like thinking about Jesus nursing at Mary's breast or being held by Mary or with the queenship, going through the queenly titles, the regal titles of Mary, queen of heaven, queen of angels, queen of saints, invoking that then after the mother of God in that Hail Mary prayer. So yeah, I, I just bring it to its logical conclusion that I'm sure Louis de Montfort would have done that. Kind of what John Paul does is he gives us the luminous mysteries. They're new to us. And so St. Louis de Montfort doesn't have a recommended phrase. So that's all new material then, in a sense, taking the theme and the lead from St. Louis de Montfort. That is brilliant. Um, the, the fusion then of the the litany of Our Lady. I mean, is that the famous litany Is it of Loretto? Uh, the, yeah, the... yeah and using those titles and then slotting them in at the end of the second part. Uh, so Holy Mary, Mother of God, or Holy Mary, and then just saying, so Mother of God is one of the titles. You're basically replacing that 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 with a different name. Yeah, and sometimes I do that with one of the phrases from the Litany of Loretto, like in the, in the fifth glorious mystery. Uh, other times it might be, you know, Holy Mary, Mother of God, who magnified the Lord, who, you know, Beautiful. at the giving the Magnificat, giving that great praise to God. So um, some of it's just to focus on what's Mary's role here in the Rosary Mystery then too. How, um, how has this, uh, I guess, transformed the way you pray the Rosary in your experience? So since 
doing it. What was it like before? And then what is it like now following this method? And what's the feedback you're getting? Oh, yeah. You know, this book has been out probably now for a good four or five years. It was with one publisher, but they went out of business. And so then basically uh, it got picked up by Our Sunday Visitor. Our Sunday Visitor said, yeah, I think that they believe that this was a, a great book that they wanted to have in their lineup for rosary meditations. And um, it, it was a huge seller with the first publisher. And then with Our Sunday Visitor, they've told me that out of all the conferences that they go to, this is usually the first book that sells out. Mm, and uh, wow. such a very, it, it's very popular. And I've gotten feedback from people like people will write to me and say, thank you so much for writing this book. It's really revolutionized how I pray the rosary. I feel like I actually meditate now or call to mind the mystery. And that's what St. Louis de Montfort said. St. Louis de Montfort said, this will curb the distractions. This will enhance your imagination. And that's what people are finding. And, you know, if I find that my rosary prayer isn't, uh, isn't very good, well, then I'm like, well, what do I need to do? Well, let's go back to a rosary litany. Let's discover a way uh, to enhance that prayer. And always it spruces up my prayer uh, of the rosary. So it's been received marvelously well. I know that we're kind of working on getting rights in Australia for Perusia Media yes. to distribute the book. And uh, I'm sure that maybe you can get the Kindle version, at least uh, in an e-format. Um, I, I would assume there's some sort of Amazon thing that could help with that. But but yeah, hopefully we'll be able to get the book in the hands of people in Australia. Absolutely. Uh, right now, they, they can go to, is it Our Sunday Visitor um, to get a copy? Yeah, Our Sunday Visitor uh, in, in the United States. Yep. Okay. All right. So look, I, I encourage people to do that. Any other aspects to the book? So you've got the meditations, the litanies. Um, uh, do you have any other, other sort of tips in there um, associated with the rosary? Yeah, no. So actually this book is solely about um, doing, doing the rosary according to this method proposed by St. Louis de Montfort. But you know what? Uh, you were a guest on my podcast, How They Love Mary. And uh, what I do each week on the podcast, I interview someone. So actually today's episode just dropped and that was with Tommy Tai, who's a very popular social media influencer guy in, in Catholic Twitter. And he just wrote a book and I have it on my desk right here called Hashtag Blessed Mother and subtitled How to Follow, Share, and Defend Mary in the World of Social Media. So you, you were on last week, Tommy was on this week. And, and what I do is at the very end, after we've had our conversation about whatever it is we're discussing, well, then I build what I call the Marian profile. And I go through, there's about nine questions. What's your favorite title of Mary? Do you have a favorite sacramental? Um, do, you, uh, do you have a favorite Marian apparition? But I always ask about a rosary tip. And I say, well, yeah. how can you help people pray the rosary better? What's helped you pray the rosary? And what I'm doing right now is there's right now of the podcast, there's 43 episodes and I'm going back through and I'm listening to the last 10 minutes or so of each episode. And I'm compiling that entire list of rosary tips that people have given on the podcast. And what I want to do during the month of October then is is put out an ebook. It's going to be a free ebook available on my website, available you know through my social media. Like we'll just send the link out everywhere. But it's just really to help people to see these are 43 different suggestions that people have given, and by then it'll be like 45 to yes. pray the rosary better. And uh, so I hope that it'll become a, a little resource, a little free resource for people uh, to to take their rosary praying to the next level. That's fantastic. What is the uh, website, your website, so people can go in anticipation for that? Yeah, so my website is just edwardlooney.com, 
and that's how people can find me. Uh, I need to update it. I think I still have a flyer from a conference that I hosted in May. So maybe tonight, that'll be my task <laughs> website so that uh, it'll be all new and maybe do a big promo for how they love Mary on the homepage or whatever. But yeah, so there's a newsletter that I send out people could subscribe to. Uh, they could listen to the podcast. You could subscribe to it on all the major platforms, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. And by listening, well, you're going to get you're going to hear in the October episodes, kind of the promo and how to get it and how to find it. And but I, I imagine it'll be there for direct download right on my website in October. Oh, so excited for that. I can't wait. I think it's such a great initiative because it, we all look for tips on how to pray the rosary better. How do we focus more? What can we draw out of it? And to get 45 different aspects of it, it's just so, so good. Um, I'm looking forward to that. And in October is the month of the rosary. So what a brilliant idea. From October 1 to October 30, you can actually get um, this ebook and you can go through these these different tips. Uh, there is another little initiative you're doing as well, aren't you? There, there's, is there something else in the pipeline um, that you're working on um, as well? Oh, boy. I'm not sure. Uh, with the, we with talked the, last week about it, um, and, and it had to do with uh, not just the tips on, on, on the ebook, but there was also this, unless that's your next book, uh, maybe I'm letting too much out. <laughs> oh, 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 The True Devotion of Mary. Is that it? Yes, that's right. Yeah, so we've talked about St. Louis de Montfort. Yeah, I just, uh, a, a publisher contacted me. You know, St. Louis de Montfort wrote True Devotion to Mary back when he lived in the, in the 1700s. It was discovered in the later 1800s, became popular. The saints love it. Uh, John Paul II really had, he said a lot about true devotion. Uh, but I think a lot of people sometimes get taken taken aback by some of the language used by St. Louis de Montfort. And a publisher approached me and said, hey, would you write a book like a retreat based upon the principal points to help people understand true devotion to Mary? So it's kind of like a primer on true devotion the introduction, I would say, uh, to really help someone to engage uh, St. Louis de Montfort. Because you know what? I, I've listened now to the audiobook like three or four times, uh, just making notes in my head, trying to get it all. Uh, I've read it myself several times, and I'll say that it, it's dense stuff. I have degrees in this stuff, and, and I'm like, wow, what is he trying to say? And then I have to think about it. And so if I have to do that, what is the common person doing? Or how are they receiving it? And I think some people sometimes put the book down and say, oh, this isn't for me right now. And then maybe they go to Michael Gately, Father Michael Gately's book, uh, 33 Days to Morning Glory. They go to a different book. But I think that hopefully this will be a way in which uh, individuals can really appreciate the classic of St. Louis de Montfort. The Rosary Litany book, it was all inspired by St. Louis de Montfort and my friend and Dr. Sri, of course. But but St. Louis de Montfort really gets the credit for being the first person to promote this method. But now to delve into his other popular Marian work is quite a gift. Yes, absolutely. Um, just, just for people uh, to understand St. Louis de Montfort, he, so he's, got this, he's got the secret of the rosary. And that book, uh, in summary, um, how would you summarize uh, secret of the rosary? Um, well, I mean, everyone should read that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a marvelous book. And uh, he says some things in there that still impact me to this very day. That uh, So basically the format of the secrets of the rosary. And if I look over on my bookshelf, I, I when you would go to the thrift store, the Catholic thrift store, St. Vincent de Paul is what we call them here. In the book section, there's usually about 
10 copies of the secrets of the rosary. And I used to just always buy them <laughs> so that I could give them away to people because that's how much I love that book. And what a, so the, the premise of the book is that uh, St. Louis de Montfort says, every time you pray the rosary, it's like uh, every time you pray Hail Mary, it's like giving a rose to the blessed mother. Yeah, beautiful. And, and so what he does then is he goes through the 53 roses and so that's kind of how the book is divided, 53 roses. And he tells a lot of different anecdotes about the power of the rosary, how the rosary converted someone, how the rosary helped someone, how the rosary was efficacious. And uh, I remember one of, the, one of the roses in particular, he was talking about preaching and how maybe it was about St. Dominic being the, you know, kind of the, the main promoter of the rosary as we know it, and uh, how he would always pray the rosary before he would preach. And Sometimes as a preacher on the weekend, then I'm praying the rosary in anticipation as I prepare my homily that I pray the rosary asking for inspiration and, and whatnot. But that was something I took away from the secrets of the rosary uh, from that book. So uh, there's lots of stuff uh, in, in the secrets of the rosary. I believe it's, it's a classic on the rosary. I highly recommend reading it. One of the other beautiful things, and this actually comes from True Devotion, uh, kind of my connection here is, is that as we pray the, as I pray the rosary to preach, for example, after the inspiration of Louis de Montfort, as he wrote, wrote that he's, that's all about, I think the Holy spirit and St. Louis de Montfort says that when the Holy spirit finds a soul that loves Mary, well, then the Holy spirit makes his home there because Mary is the spouse of the Holy spirit. So I really think there's a connection there with St. Louis de Montfort saying that as he talks about preaching and praying the rosary, that's, all the fusion of the Holy Spirit uh, being attracted to the preacher then who's in love with the Blessed Mother. Beautiful. Um, I, love, I love that whole imagery of, of, of each Hail Mary being a rose. And, uh, um, and, and I just highly recommend people do that. And, and true devotion to Mary. I, um, just a, a quick link. I, I, was, I was privileged to be interviewed by yourself last week uh, on your podcast. Now, to get to the podcast again, is that through your website as well? So they go to your website, Edward Looney, yeah. or is there another way? To get to yeah, it. I, think, uh, I think on edwardlooney.com there is a link I, it probably even says how they love mary and you can click it and it'll direct, direct you to the host site which is fireside fm so it's how they love mary.fireside.fm that's the direct link but again just search my name on search my ma- name on apple podcast stitcher spotify and you'll be sure to find it there and you can Brilliant. click subscribe I'm going to give uh, our guardian angel here uh, some work to do and see if we can find that the the the, the most second most recent podcast there uh, myself and let's share that as well. Let people do. We emailed it out to everyone and invite you to to watch it. But it's my turn now. I want to actually ask Father a few uh, things. He he gave me some rapid fire questions. I'd love to give you a few of those and see what your um, sure, sure. your answers are. So so let's start. It might not be in the same order as what you asked me, but but let's start. So um, obviously you've written a book about this, but the first question, what are tips you can do to pray the rosary? Um, in addition to what we've said, is there anything else that you could share tips of how to pray the rosary better? Yeah, I, of course, I'd recommend a rosary litany, but uh, actually, it's kind of funny. Uh, somebody shared this on Facebook today and it was actually one of my parishioners, which I was kind of very impressed that they found this religious thing. They shared it and and it was, uh, you know, and it was, here's a tip to pray the rosary, invite the saints to pray with you. And so uh, the person was saying like, okay, if you're going to pray for somebody that has cancer, well, ask St. Peregrine to pray with you because then 
the, I guess one of the promises with Blessed Alan de la Roche was that you would have the assistance of the heavenly court. And as you pray the rosary, then you have that help. But, you know, to give Tommy Ty another plug, uh, and I said this actually when I spoke with him on the episode this week, I, um, it, it was like on page 34, 35 of his book, I made a marginal note, make the rosary conversational. And I was praying the rosary then this past, uh, this past week, actually. I, we had this beautiful grotto at my parish. And I actually went out there, I think, Sunday night at 10 o'clock. And I prayed the rosary at the grotto. It was dark. It was beautiful. And uh, 10 o'clock is like 2,300, 2,200 hours or whatever, in case you yes. know the time frames that we do. And, um, and it was a way in which, as I prayed that rosary on that, it was Monday night, I guess, if I was praying, I know I was praying the joyful mysteries, but with each mystery, I prayed something like I had a conversation. I said, you know, during the annunciation, like, um, you know, bless, bless mother, help me to do God's will in my life or help me to know God's plan for right now. You know, so I kind of made a conversation. I brought it in there. Um, the second thing, you know, visitation. Well, I asked Mary, come visit me, give me help. You know, this is, you know, I'm really struggling with something right now. Can you give me some motherly advice or, you know, the presentation of the temple or, yeah, it was just a finding something to talk about um, with the Blessed Mother about the particular mystery. And I know that I actually came back in and I wrote them down in my journal because I actually thought I wanted to talk about it with my spiritual director when I meet with him next. Um, so that would be another tip. I had a third one that I just thought of, but I, it, it just escaped me. So maybe if it comes come back, back to you, that's all right. Before we finish, hopefully it'll come back. And so, all right. The, um, uh, why do you pray the rosary? Yeah. Why do you pray the rosary? And that's actually going to be a part of the free ebook, to be honest. Uh, because <laughs> I did, I did uh, a tweet on Twitter and it probably had about 35,000 impressions. It went wow. viral. And it was just asking people, I said, why do you pray the rosary? And people began to respond why they pray the rosary. And I'm like, this is really beautiful. And I wanted to collect them and put them together in one spot. Maybe maybe the reasons why people pray the rosary, that it will compel them to want yes. to pray the rosary. Um, you know, for me, there's a few different reasons I pray the rosary. The first, I think you always have to go back to the message of Our Lady of Fatima. <laughs> And Our Lady of Adam said, pray the rosary every day for peace in the world. And yes, she was talking about war. She was talking about World War II, preventing that war. And um, I, I think, too, though, we can take peace to another level. If you're lacking peace of heart, mind, or soul, well, mm -hmm. pray the rosary. And I bet you're going to start to experience some calmness in your life. I watched the Fatima movie. Maybe you had a chance to see it. I have, yes. Maybe some of your, your viewers have had the chance to see the Fatima movie. And what really impressed me, and my biggest takeaway from Fatima the movie was, if these three children could pray the rosary every day, there is no reason I can't pray the rosary every day. These three children who saw the Blessed Mother completely, you know, completely carried out everything that she asked, then I don't have an excuse. And uh, those three children, I believe, can inspire us in our rosary devotion then. St. Louis de Montfort, to go back, St. Louis de Montfort, I think he says this in The Secrets of the Rosary. He says, why pray the rosary? He says, because you pray the life of Christ. Mm -hmm. You, It's praying the scriptures. And he asked the question in the text. He said, 
if you don't pray the rosary, can you say that you've prayed with the scriptures that day? And so maybe some people can say that. I read the scriptures every morning and night. Father Larry Richards, I know you're a big fan. No Bible, no breakfast, no Bible, no bed. Yes, (laughs) that's right. You know, so maybe people do really employ that, but perhaps it's praying the rosary that allows the scripture to become incorporated and to become a part of our daily life. Isn't that powerful? Uh, The rosary, we forget that part of it, that many people see it on the outside. It's it's just about Mary, but in fact, it's not, it's not just about Mary. It's about the life of her son. And, uh, and that's why we we've done this sort of tagline, the spiritual rosary pilgrimage, a biblical journey through the life of Christ with his blessed mother. Um, And this is the the point, isn't it? It it is scripture. You're praying scripture. You're living scripture. It's all that. um, It's it's scripture all throughout. Even the words we say, it's all scripture. So that's that's powerful. Yeah. And that's one thing that I always take away is that as we pray, um, as we pray the rosary, and and this is an analogy I give to young people, but think about Instagram. This is Mary's Mm. Instagram account. She is opening up the pictures of Jesus's life. And she says, I want to share this with you. I yes. want you to, to know the life of Jesus. It's any mom wants people to know their son. And this was in one of my homilies a few weeks ago, but it was, uh, you know, I, I preached on how can we get to know Jesus? And, and one of the suggestions I gave was, well, ask his mother. Doesn't any mother want to tell you about their child? Your mom would want to tell people about Charbel and they would tell your mom would tell stories about you maybe as a young boy, as you played your sports, as you went off to university, tell your accomplishments. That's what Mary wants to do. And as you mentioned to the rosary, the Hail Mary is, is a biblical prayer. We greet Mary in the same words that the angel Gabriel greeted Mary. We greet Mary with the same words that Elizabeth greeted her. And then we ask her to pray for us. And that's, a very powerful thing. And maybe that's another reason I pray the rosary because these words that we pray mean things. And ask our lady to pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. We can't believe that that prayer falls on deaf ears, but we have to believe that Mary Mm. is going to be there at the hour of our death. And she's going to be whispering in Jesus's ear, bring him home. And, And that was, that's the story of father Patrick Payton, that he actually said the name of Mary at the end of his life. And people that were surrounding his deathbed. He went around the world preaching on the rosary and family prayer, and people believed that his reward was seeing the Blessed Mother as he closed his eyes at death. Wow, wow. What, what his famous saying, Father Peyton, a family that prays together stays together. That's right, yep. Yeah, love that, love that. All right, Father, well, let me um, ask you your favorite um, Marian book. My favorite Marian book. You know, that's a... It's a tough question. If I showed you my Mary bookshelf, you'd be like, this guy has tons of books about the Blessed Mother. And um, I, I always recommend Dr. Edward Sri. I think he's one of the best teachers in Catholicism that we have today. Wow. Um, Dr. Brant Petrie's book, The Jewish Roots of Mary, is really good. Oh, I listened to the audible version of it. Um, there's this really classic book. It was written maybe in the 50s by a guy named Father William Most. It's called Mary in Our Life. And I've started reading that and uh, for some research I was doing because someone gave it to me. And I have found what he wrote to be very powerful as well. So there's tons of books about the Blessed Mother. It's hard um, hard to recommend one in particular. But I always ask people to do that. So That's I, right. <laughs> you know what it feels like. <laughs> All right. Oh, I, I guess, yes, Edge Ed, Ed Tree was the first that came to mind there. So praying the rosary like never before 
But that, that Grand Petrie one is brilliant. He did write that um, biblical book about Mary too, like Rethinking Mary. And yeah, that's right. Yes. He had a lot of stuff about the Blessed Mother. He wrote a book called Queen Mother, which was really yes. important in my work that I've done with the Wisconsin apparition. The Blessed Mother appeared in my diocese in 1859. I lived wow. 20 minutes from there. I happened to be the theologian for the shrine for the apparition, kind of reflecting on it, breaking open the message, kind of thinking about what does this mean in the life of the church today? Our Lady appeared to a woman named Adele Bryce in 1859. But when Mary appears, she says, I'm the queen of heaven who prays for the conversion of sinners. And the mm. theology of Queen Mother, and this is a book by Dr. Sri, Queen Mother, um, really became central to my point about Mary's role and what she's trying to tell us in the champion apparition, that Mary is the queen mother who prays for the conversion of sinners. She's before God's throne, advocating for us, praying for us. And, and that's who Mary is. And uh, so Dr. Sri really opened my eyes uh, in my own research uh, on queen mother. Wow. Wow. Look out for his presentation in this pilgrimage. Okay, favorite um, apparition then. Um, do you have a favorite apparition? Yeah, you know, I love them all. <laughs> that, yeah, are brutal, that is. Uh, I love Lourdes. There's nothing yeah. more heartwarming than the story of Lourdes mm. and St. Bernadette and the healing water and watching the movie Song of Bernadette. I've been to Lourdes four or five times and it's made an impression on my soul. And I feel like I go back to Lourdes every time because I left a part of myself there and I need to go back and I need to find it. So I love Lourdes. I, there's something too about the apparition of Our Lady of Knock, that Mary comes in Ireland and remains with the people there, uh, that she abides with them for three hours with Joseph, John, and the Lamb on the altar glorified. Wow. Um, uh, just another obscure Marian apparition that I really love is the story of Borang, Belgium, B-E-A-U-R-A-I-N-G, Borang, Belgium. It's a 1932-1933 apparition. There were 33 apparitions of Our Lady to five children of the Dejembre and the Voisin family. I've been I've been there in Belgium to this apparition site. Wow! Uh, I was that for some reason the simple message Mary spoke to those children resonates with me. She told them always be good, pray always, um, pray pray very much. Very simple messages. And I yeah. met one of the visionaries and she was a very kind, before she died, like a month before she died. And she was a very kind woman. And I think that made an impression on me as well. Wow. Okay. That, yeah. That's one I never heard of before. So there's so many that we, we want to yeah. find out of it. Okay. Um, now our lady of Lords, you mentioned that's personally for me as well, one of my favorites, um, but that is a shrine, but I'd like outside of Lords, uh, what would be your most famous or favorite shrine? My favorite shrine to the Blessed Mother. Um, boy, and you know, I think I was, ju I just told somebody that this place was my favorite place on earth. Uh, I think it was the St. Anne de Beaupuy shrine, which is the grandmother of Jesus. So I think that can be accounted as a Marian shrine. I really love St. Anne de Beaupuy um, up in Quebec City, Canada. Uh, but I also really, um, I've been to so many Marian shrines, they all make an impression on me. I personally, I believe that like, in my intercessory prayer that God gave me a very special charism to pray for couples that are struggling to conceive. And, oh, okay. uh, and so there's a devotion called our lady of la leche, our lady of the milk yes. and in the Holy land, there's our lady of the milk grotto, but in the United States, the oldest Marian shrine is uh, in St. Augustine, Florida. 
And Mary, uh, that devotion to Mary was brought there probably by the Spanish people that settled down there. But it's an image of the breastfeeding Madonna. And I've been to St. Augustine maybe once, two times, no, twice. I went there twice. And the second time I actually went there specifically to pray for a couple that they might have a child. And I just baptized that baby two or three months wow. ago. And so that, that was the grace of those prayers. But whenever I go to St. Augustine, I always put out on social media, hey, if you know someone struggling to conceive, send me their names, message me, whatever. And I'll end up with about 400 names. And it's, it's moving because a year or two later, uh, I'll get messages from people. And they'll be like, yes, we asked you to pray. And I just want to let you know that John and Sally gave birth to a healthy baby boy and they were told they could never have kids. So um, that's one of my favorite Marian shrines, I think. I like the simplicity. I like the history of it. But it's also just my devotion is my, my you know, if God gives charisms, I believe that's one of my charisms uh, to intercede for couples uh, in that situation. Uh, so it's Lady of La Leche. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. She's also called Our Lady of Good Delivery sometimes. Okay. okay. So, that's, that's uh, yeah. fantastic. Um, now, your favorite uh, devotional or um, sacramental, Marian sacramental? Oh. Yeah, I wear the brown scapular. So that's a, a popular sacramental. Uh, I like the brown scapular. Uh, I wear the miraculous medal too. Um, so these sacramentals are efficacious signs of God's grace, that God gives grace as we wear these things. Someone on Twitter the other day, they tweeted, in my life, I felt very assaulted and tempted by the evil one, but I noticed it was because I lost my mm. scapular. And then the person went on to say, I watched the movie Fatima, and after I watched the movie Fatima, I found my scapular, all by, not by happen chance, but really by God's, <laughs> God's happenings, right? And, uh, and thinking, Our Lady appears in Fatima as Our Lady of Mount Carmel. So these are little sacramentals that are holy reminders, as Mother Angelica would say but they give grace and God gives grace through them. Our lady, when she appeared to St. Catherine Labore in Rudabach in 1831 with the miraculous medal, you know, our late or Catherine Labore asked our lady, well, why is it that you have two rays coming from your hands? And our lady said, well, one hand are the rays that people ask for. The other hand are the rays that people don't ask for probably uh, the rays of uh, suffering and patience and, and things like that. But, um, but there, there's, these are ways in which we know of Mary's protection. And, and there are so many stories out there of, of graces received through the power of these sacramentals. Of course, the rosary is a sacramental. Carry it with you. Yes. Uh, St. Louis de Montfort would recommend that. Father Michael McGivney of the Knights of Columbus would recommend that. So, Wow. Oh, fantastic. Um, and uh, your favorite Marian prayer? Favorite Marian prayer? You know, there's the, um, the well, it, it's, what, what's a, well, actually, I'll say this one. It's one of my favorite prayers. And in the Liturgy of the Hours, the, uh, the divine office that priests, religious pray, there's office readings, morning prayer, daytime prayer, evening prayer, compline, night prayer. And uh, usually during ordinary time, you should, you should recite the Hail Holy Queen. But I choose to actually recite the Advent one. That's my favorite Marian prayer slash antiphon. And it's uh, called the Alma Redemptoris Mater. In English, it's loving mother of the Redeemer, gate of heaven, star of the sea. Assist your people who have fallen yet strive to rise again. 
To the wonderment of nature, you bore your creator, yet remained a virgin after as before. Uh, you who received Gabriel's joyful greeting, have pity on us poor sinners. And there's a few things I like about mm -hmm. that prayer. I like the idea of like us who have fallen, but help us rise again. So we realize that we're sinful people, that we fall to sin. And I think there's a beauty there, asking Mary's help there, that you gave birth to your creator. It tells us a very quintessential Trinitarian fact that people don't realize is that the Trinity, God, the Father, Son, and Spirit, existed before all eternity. And so God, the Son, Jesus, who becomes incarnate of the Virgin Mary, existed with the Father at the beginning of creation. So when we say in that antiphon, you bore your creator, we're saying that Jesus participates in the work of creation with the Father. And so I, I like that it brings out that Trinitarian theology there that most yes. people probably don't get. And then thirdly, you remained a virgin after as before. So it's emphasizing the perpetual virginity of Mary, the most forgotten Marian dogma, that Mary was a virgin before the birth of Christ, which we know from the scriptures, that she was a virgin during, in part two, during the birth of Christ, but that she remained a virgin after the birth of Christ. So ever virgin, as we call her, uh, I like that it also brings that out too. Wow. That sort of answers my, the next one was going to be your favorite uh, hymn to Our Lady. Now, you've already sort of mentioned a prayer and a hymn in one, but is there another okay. hymn? Yeah, uh, there is this one, and it's, um, oh boy, if I could only tell you the words to it. Um, it is, oh, oh, holy Mary, dwelling place of God, or something, something. Uh, it's a very uncommon Marian hymn, okay. and uh, I, have, I have a page of it, and uh, that's my favorite Marian hymn, but you would never hear it sung at a church, I promise you. I really <laughs> Uh, of course, the Lourdes hymn, going to Lourdes and hearing the Ave song as you raise your luminous candle. Oh, yes. I love, that. Um, I love Sing of Mary, too. And if you, if you look at the words to Sing of Mary, it was actually written to be a companion to the joyful mysteries, the sorrowful mysteries, and the glorious mysteries of the rosary. So that's what that mm -hmm. Sing of Mary song set to the tune, Pleading Savior, um, that that's what that song uh, is teaching in there. The songs that we sing are very beautiful and they teach us things. Like again, words mean things. And as we sing them, they become teaching tools to us. St. Louis de Montfort would teach hymns to people to teach them the theology of, about God, about Mary, about the church. So he used catechetical hymns. Wow. Oh, very interesting. Okay. Can I ask, um, as we've got five minutes here on the clock, what, when did you become so Marian? Um, was, were you always Marian or was it was there a moment that sort of the penny dropped for you and, and uh, you discovered Mary in a new way? When did that first happen? Yeah, great question. And it's hard to answer. I often tell people I came out of the womb loving the Blessed Virgin Mary yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, probably not true. Now, my upbringing, I didn't come from a piously Catholic family. It wasn't that my fam like, actually, I come from a very broken household. My father and mother separated before I was born. And uh, so it wasn't like I was brought to the altar of Mary and they said, oh, Mary, take this as your son and may he be a priest and may he always love you. <laughs> that was not a prayer that my family prayed uh, when I went to the altar of the Blessed Virgin <laughs> at, at baptism. I probably wasn't even presented to Mary. So... Um, for, you know, my mother, uh, God love her and give her rest. She died three years ago. Mm. I think her death anniversary is this Friday. 
And uh, I will pray for her. So, so you know, she 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 worked a lot as a single mother, and so my maternal grandmother really uh, cared for me and brought me up in the faith. So, um, uh, I would say that that the lack maybe of my mother's maternal affection, for whatever reason, there was this supernatural attraction then to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And, um, and I, I would say from a very young age then that this devotion grew and grew and grew to even to this very day. So there isn't like a, a moment that I can trace as this was the beginning of my Marian devotion. No, I can't say that. But it was just something that's always been there for whatever reason, always wanted to read Marian books. I remember in high school, looking up the Mariological Society of America and just wanting to know what people were studying about the Blessed Mother. This is in high school. I couldn't understand any of it, but that was my interest. And now I'm the vice president of that same society that I looked up as a high school senior. <laughs> you know? so, wow. so God has a funny way of bringing everything full circle. But uh, yeah, it's just been a lifelong devotion that I witnessed other people's devotion. I went to a few Marian apparition sites as a teenager and that was very impressionable. And I would say that's probably what lit the Marian fervor and fire was these apparition sites. Yeah, wow. Wow, thank you for sharing it. Yeah, we can't take for granted the role uh, Our Lady has. She really is our mother, isn't she? The Blessed Mother isn't just this sort of Mother of Jesus figure that's out there in heaven and she's just his mother, but she's actually our mother. We forget that we can call upon her all the time. And all mothers on this earth are... Uh, in a sense, a sharing in that motherhood of Mary that she has, and we can look at her as the model uh, for motherhood. Yeah, women can definitely look to her and find in her uh, a person that they can emulate and to think about everything that Mary endured, uh, especially losing her child. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. one of the sorrows of Mary. We just had the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows. Yes. Uh, So they can find in her someone. But for those who maybe are, you know, uh, who... uh, lack of maternal presence in their life. Well, Mary can fill that void. She did that for me, and I'm confident she can do that for all people. Yeah, praise God. Um, F- Father, just in closing, what would be, um, I guess, those, th- there are many people um, in this pilgrimage, um, all walks of life, people who are praying the rosary for the very first time. We have non-Catholics participating, which is fantastic. Everyone is welcome to do this. Um, all, all, all sorts of um, uh, different different levels, different ways of life. What would be sort of a closing statement. What could you say to all those on this pilgrimage um, to get the most out of this? What would be sort of a closing sort of takeaway you could give us? Yeah, I really believe that in our prayer, we need to be specific. And so Mm -hmm. when we pray to actually name what it is that we're asking God for. And so as you make a spiritual rosary pilgrimage to make a, you know, any pilgrimage you go on throughout the world, it's a very powerful experience and it's a powerful moment of grace and people bring petitions with them. And so even as you're doing this daily, walking through the scriptures with Mary uh, to pray the rosary through the reflections that you hear, to have a particular grace that you're asking for, it might be to grow in greater charity for neighbor. It could be to pray for someone who is sick and suffering that as you do this, you're taking time out of your busy life. You are going literally on a pilgrimage because 15 minutes a day, you're saying, uh, with just listening to the meditation before you pray the rosary itself, you are going on a pilgrimage. And a pilgrimage is all about sacrifice, and we can make that sacrifice a prayer. Wow, beautiful, beautiful. Um, 
thank you very much for joining us today, Father. We are out of time, but uh, just in closing your website again, just for everybody. Sure, edwardlooney.com, and they can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at the handle at fredwardlooney. Um, thank you very much, Father. God bless you. Um, and we're going to be transitioning um, to the live rosary next, but love to have you on again very soon. Yes, I hope so. Let's continue being pilgrims on this journey to the kingdom of heaven.